everybody, Darren here, and thanks for tuning in to episode 229 of The Drop Set. In today's episode, I welcome back Paige Sabidra, IFBB figure pro who was last with us here in late 2021 after turning pro at the USA's. Since then, she's had an extended off-season slash growing season and just wrapped up her first competitive year as a pro, doing three shows, Pittsburgh, Toronto, and Vancouver. In our conversation here, we go into detail about her off-season and her prep, going into details on her diet, cardio, and supplementation, as well as the feedback she got from judges and her overall experience. It's a good conversation, and I look forward to having her back on again soon. Check the links in the description below for where you can find Paige on social media. Also, check out thedropset.com for a full episode archive, and be sure to subscribe to the audio-only podcast on your platform of choice. Whenever I do an interview, it'll be here on YouTube, but the episodes that are just me are audio-only because no one wants to stare at just me for 40 minutes. Thanks again for watching. Here is my conversation with IFBB Figure Pro, Paige Sabidra. And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee. This is The Drop Set. With your host, Darren Starr. Paige Sabidra, welcome back to the drop set. Yeah, thanks for having me back. I'm always ready to party. This is like uh, <laughs> the returning champion on Jeopardy or something like that. Yeah, I mean it is. I mean, when when was that last time? Was that that was after I got my pro card, huh? Okay, so damn it, we we made it into this eight seconds, and you've already asked me a question that I can't answer. <laughs> I should have looked too, but uh... <laughs> neither of us did our homework. That's indicative of what a shit show this is going to be. I think. Yep. I hope so. I hope so. It was, it was after you got your pro card and we kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit. And so now we've got a lot of ground to cover since then. So I don't know when that was, but you got your pro card. Was it 2021? Yep. It was uh, July 31st, 2021 at USA's. Okay. So I'm going to pull it out of my butt and say, we probably talked September, October, 2021, something like that. So it hasn't been quite two years, but we've covered some ground since then. So let's start from today count us backwards what was the most recent thing that you've done i don't mean like breakfast i mean like show yeah i figured <laughs> um okay so um yeah after 2021 took that off season for a full year and then this was my pro debut year so i started with the pittsburgh that was um mother's day weekend in may staying close and to home Yep. That was my hometown. That was my pro debut goal. Like I just was like, I want to make it to the Pittsburgh stage, which we'll get into it. Not my best look, but that's okay. Um, so then I had Toronto on the list. So Toronto is uh, June 4th. Um, so that was awesome. I drove up there five hours easy. Uh, and then five for hours. my last show, I just wanted to do one more, which was the Vancouver pro. So that was July 16th. So I am actually almost four weeks post-show currently. Cool. All right. And so it, it's early days, but what's next? I am now going to be in my off season. And uh, obviously I'm reversing now, but I have a goal to compete end of next year. So I'm looking at like October, November. Um, so yeah, I got feedback and everything from the judges that we can talk about. And uh, moving forward, I just want to like grow a little bit in those areas that they told me to and then come back for a second year and see what happens. 
Yeah, cool, cool. Uh, do you have any particular shows in mind for later in the year? Yeah, do you know Legion Fort Sports Festival that's yeah. out in Reno, Nevada? Yeah. I really like to do that because this year they just added Figure Open. They used to only have Figure Masters, so um, huh. I'm hoping that they continue that next year, and I would really like to do that in October. Okay, cool, cool. Do you have backups in case they don't? Backup ideas? Yeah, I honestly, I would love to do Romania if I can financially make that work. Uh, Romania pros in November. So that's also like on my mind. Um, and then uh, I think there's also a uh, Daytona Beach pro show. Mm-hmm. And I think they have figure open. I know they have figure masters. I'm not old enough for that yet. Just to be clear. Rub it um, in. Shut up. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not old enough for masters yet. That's why I keep saying i need an open figure pro show so if uh daytona has that i think daytona somewhere in there as well and then there's also like a fort lauderdale show around that time frame too so one of the two so basically you're not going to get surprised like you you know you know the lay of the land you know what's up yeah i'm not going to get married to anything just yet date wise you know it's just this would actually be the first time that i ever prepped for a fall show so uh that will be new really yeah, I've only done early spring shows. Huh. Go figure. Ever. All right. All right. Well, then clearly, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. Clearly, this is it's it's worth trying. So, um, yeah, I, I'm really about learning. That's what I love to do with this sport. Yeah. So I got to tell you. I'm I'm a little pissed. Um, not not at you. I I'm pissed at social media algorithms and here is why. The social media algorithm has determined that I cannot care about you like it, it's, <laughs> it's very funny like I, I will open up instagram periodically by periodically i mean like every 40 minutes or so and <laughs> it pops up and it's like for some reason like you always pop up at the top of my feed and then as soon as i want to scroll down and read it the feed refreshes and you're gone it's like you every time for some reason, I don't know what's like, oh, page plus is something new and it's gone. Okay, cool. And like your stories get buried way back. And the funny yeah. thing is then I'm like, well, what's she up to? So I go and I search for your profile and I pull it up and you would think that would tell the algorithm like, hey, he wants to see what she's up to. No, every time still you pop up and then you get refreshed out of there immediately. I, I don't understand that because I, I have that with certain people too. It's like when you first freshly add somebody, they're like right at the top. Yeah. And then seems like they slowly like disappear into the abyss with all the other people that were it's like a conga like a i don't know how to you know what i'm getting at i do i do yeah yeah the other thing is um you know john dorsey goob yes yeah so his is the same like i i actively seek out his profile constantly i like his posts constantly i read his story constantly none of it ever shows up in my feed like the algorithm clearly hates him and i feel like that's probably been bought by somebody i don't know (laughs) against him in particular at least a lot yeah i post a lot so maybe it's just like they're trying to save you from like too much stuff from us right they're like you don't need to see Paige. (laughs) she she spams too much so yeah it's freaking annoying (laughs) i don't know what it's it's annoying but i see that happen and it kind of dispirits me a little bit but it also explains like well this is clearly one reason why i suck at social media because the algorithm probably hates me too so I'm I'm rolling with that as my story. I don't know. It's probably not true. So Pittsburgh, Toronto, Vancouver. Yeah. 
let's go through them all. So uh, Pittsburgh was when again? Mother's Day weekend. So I think May, May. 12th or 13th. Okay. Yeah. So you probably started prep for that, what, mid-January-ish? Or Actually, the week before Christmas. Oh, geez, man. That's a long prep. It Well, yeah. I had a long off-season, though. That's true. That's true. You got up to what, scale-wise? Uh, the highest this off season was 158, the or like the last one. So, okay. um, and, um, not that that was my heaviest. My heaviest was like 161 before the pro card. So I feel like every off season, it's a little less and I'm five, three, so I'm a little short. So I do, um, I just put on muscle, but I maintain, or I put on body fat, but maintain shape. So I probably look like I'm really thick, but I'm short. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm assuming you're not really too worried about the number. Like you're aware of it, but it's like, it is what it is. Yeah. I don't get caught up in numbers. I actually hate numbers. So like, to me, I'm just like, here, I just give it to my coach. I'm sure you understand as a coach, sometimes you just need it for data. And I've, I've gotten used to just here coach. Like you tell me if it's bad or good. (laughs) (laughs) That's, I mean, that that's a lesson that I I want more people to take from this just because it is a data point. And so do do you ever struggle like and then maybe let's go back a handful of years like when you were newer did you have like an emotional attachment to that number did you give more of a shit about it than you do now or has it always been just noise pretty much uh, the only noise would be from a coach like I, I literally would just freak out because I'd be like what if they think I'm like disgusting and like um like the, what ha- you know what I mean you know how like sometimes like you're not sure about like hormones and stuff or maybe you ate something that made you a little bloated that day or something. I didn't really know my body that well. So when I would check in and it would skyrocket, I'd be like, Oh no, like they're going to chew me out. That was what I was scared of. <laughs> Have you had coaches chew you out before? Um, so not my current coach with the scale, but a past coach would just like, he would, I feel like he was very just like flat with it where he'd just be like, what did you eat? You know what I mean? And like, I would like, I don't know. Like, do you, I don't even know how to describe that. Like that, like communication sucked. So it was just kind of like yeah. well, that kind of feel bad, but I don't know how to respond. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I ask that a lot, like, you know, because the way that I respond to check-ins is always through voice notes. So people can actually hear what I'm saying. And so I'll be like, what did you eat? And they can hear me say it like that. Not accusatorily. Like, what did you eat? asshole yes. <laughs> Which, pretty much yeah because you wouldn't know what that is and when you're a new competitor you're kind of like kind of like scared by just a sentence because you perceive <laughs> it differently than what they might be even wanting to ask <laughs> you could lose a lot of context yeah i i did have one guy i did his check-in um an hour ago and he's got north americans coming up in a couple weeks and his the scale for him jumped up three and a half pounds in three days and i did ask him i'm like what did you do <laughs> Yeah. Right. Because it's like at that stage, like it matters because we're trying to actually make weight as well. So that's another level of complication. Yes. So uh, when it comes to the scale, it's it's not about the number. It's about you know making my coach proud. And if it went up and I feel like I did something, then I'm like, that's what made me feel bad. Yeah. And sometimes it can go up and and things are all good. It's not the only thing you look at. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So 158 was your max. And then yeah. on stage at Pittsburgh was what? 125. 125. 33 pound drop. Cool. Yes. And it was the same for Toronto. Okay. And then Vancouver? 
Vancouver, I got down to 113. 113. <laughs> okay. So the real question there is why didn't you try for the first two? <laughs> like, well, isn't fuck? it funny, That's though? 12 pounds. Did you um, amputate a leg? No, we just did two hours of cardio for a month. Good God. All right. Do you yeah. think that do you think that was a good thing? Was that a better look? I know you Vancouver? I, know, I know you placed better at that show. Do you do you do you feel like that was a better look? Vancouver, yeah, I was really happy with that look and it just showed that I had to push. Like <laughs> I had to push for it. Um uh, you know what I mean? Like I just, I learned so much about my body this prep and I just learned, you know, yeah, two hours of cardio sucks, but look what it did. It made me look awesome. It's just, I need more muscle. That's all. Right. And so you, you probably talk with a lot of competitors as well, and you'll hear people who have concerns about prepping for a show and they'll be, or they'll complain about a coach and they'll be like, my coach had me do, I hear this all the time. My coach had me doing two hours of cardio. I'm like, yeah, sometimes that's necessary. Yes. Oftentimes yeah. it's not, but sometimes it is. Um, I would say if you're trying to get ready for your first show and you're a complete and total novice, never done it before, you probably want to do it on less than two hours of cardio a day. Like that's something you probably feel like it would be smart to work up to that and you need to have a reason to do it, right? Yeah. And that's the thing. I don't want to make it sound like sunshine or rainbows, but um, it was like, <laughs> one of those things that you just had to do it, you know? And I, and then I would tell myself, you know, it's not that I'm a shitty competitor that I can't stick to a diet or something's wrong with me. It's just, I might have to do more than some other people. And that's just how the cookie crumbles. <laughs> yeah. I think as soon as the conversation shifted to two hours of cardio a day, I think the sunshine and rainbows argument kind of left the chat. So I don't think you have to worry about that. I, I, well, and my coach, <laughs> we know that, She's done three hours before for a prep. So then in my mind, I'm like, here's my coach giving me two hours. And she's had preps where she had three, where she did morning, afternoon, and night. And I'm like, suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a schedule that can support that. Like, I've got a pretty clear and open schedule. But Well, let's be clear. If I had to, I could. I just don't want to. Oh, absolutely. You, like, I'd be questioning why, what? <laughs> yeah, like for me at that point, it's like, you know what? Just going and, and learning how to operate a sailboat sounds like a good idea right now. Just something different. <laughs> three, hour, oh, yeah. three hours like, of cardio gets a middle finger for me. And that's like the thing I signed up for for prep. I knew cardio would get high and I made sure to be aware that like it is a time sucker. So yeah, is what it is. Yeah. So you got to like, um, with your work, did you have to kind of make sure that you had, um, schedule clearance and, or did you just kind of like fudge it and make it work like whatever it took? Oh yeah. I made it work. Like I work from home now and I have uh, my own cycle bike. That's literally like right in front of me. And, um, there were a lot of times where I would take a, an hour lunch break, you know, just kind of sign off and just hurry up over there and like knock out an hour. Okay. So let's let detour here real quick. I want to talk about prep a little bit more, uh, but well, this is, this is tangential to that. So um, I have often recommended to people that they should get a spin bike for home to do their cardio again. Um, from your perspective, having done that, how mm -hmm. dumb is somebody who resists that idea? Oh my God. Like it's a game changer. <laughs> like I said, I have two hours of cardio. I can't buy time. I can buy a bike right here. So guess what? I'm going to make that work. And like I said, I know I'm lucky because I work from home and it sure does make prep a lot easier. My kitchen's over here. My bike's over there. Literally, like I just 
have it set up for what I need to, but I, I recommend everybody get a bike. It's small. It's good on your knees. It's low impact. Um, it's probably easy to store if you can't have room for, I don't know. Like, I, I know what you mean though. I, I approve of it. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, I've had some people are like, yeah, I just don't know if I want to do that. I'm like it. I mean, for me, like the idea of doing cardio in the gym now is a foreign concept. Like I used to do that all the time. And now I'm like, why on earth would I do that? Like I finished training. I want to get the hell out of there and eat. Like I don't want to yeah. hammer out more cardio because I have to do it at the gym. Yeah. I would rather lift at the gym. I would rather do cardio at home and I would rather lift at the gym. Um, you know what I mean? So, and like I can, I've done both where, you know, you go do the cardio, come home, go back to the gym. I don't know. Then you get used to just, can we make it one visit to the gym? Exactly. And as you said, you can't buy more time. And what you're losing there is commute time. Yes. And yeah. especially like, you know, Pittsburgh. Is Pittsburgh bigger than Knoxville? I feel like it probably is a little bit. I've never been to Knoxville, so you, I don't really know. You have, pro you have professional sports team. We just have the Vols. So that's kind of how I, how I rank cities. Like how many sports teams do you have? So pretty sure. I imagine like your traffic potential is way worse than what we have here. Um, and so it's just like more, more commute time to the gym. Like, oh, sure. Let me go and do fasted cardio. Let me come back home. Then let me go train. Let me go back later in the day to do more. It's like, just do it at home. Stop. Oh yeah. And I found that, you know, with the world now gas prices are up. So like that should be another motivation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Spin bikes are still affordable. <laughs> yeah. Go on Facebook market. That's where mine's from. It's like brand new lady just was like, I don't like how I sit on it, like how it felt. So, and, and let's be I clear. He bucks for it. I mean, at any given point in your geographic area, there's probably a hundred, hundred spin bikes on Facebook marketplace. Like absolutely, they're Good not hard to, to find. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so one fifty eight down to one twenty five for two shows. One thirteen. That that kind of blows my mind a little bit. What was the time gap between Toronto and Vancouver? Um. Okay, so it was a lot shorter. Pittsburgh to Toronto was three weeks, and then uh, Toronto to Vancouver was five. Five weeks. So twelve pounds when you're already you know stage lean to in five weeks and i guess what you find out there is like well apparently i wasn't stage lean in toronto like you thought you were but then vancouver it's like okay and vancouver it was what did you finish fifth there yes out of seven but so, I who, who, yeah i mean that that's awesome so yeah, I mean, congrats on that that's cool um and the picks were great and i mean clearly it's like Okay. I'm like, I, I felt like that was your best look. I just wasn't sure if that's how you felt about it too, or if you felt too small or anything like that. I was tied for fourth. I think I should have got fourth, but again, I'm, I feel bad saying this, but it's a Canadian show and fourth was a Canadian. Um, so oh, Van, Van, Vancouver, BC, not Vancouver, Washington. Yes. So uh, you did, you, you did two Canadian shows. I did. Are you going to, are you going to defect? What, oh, what do you mean? <laughs> Are you going to renounce your American citizenship? Oh, well, you know what? I love it over there. I love, love Canada. I won't lie about that one. But uh, if I, it's expensive, though. I would definitely really? can't. It's way more expensive than America. But the shows, like the show, both of them were awesome. Cool. Cool. So, okay. And so you, you said tied for fourth, but the one who took fourth was Canadian. Yeah, and um, she she definitely wasn't as lean, but she like had more like size next to me. Mm -hmm. So again, I I think 
she had more size. I was more conditioned. We tied some, one of the judges gave it to her. So that's all flip a coin. Yeah. And it's fine. Like I'm not mad about it. I just know. And then some people thought I was third. Like, so at Vancouver, they worked, I was, we were posing for 10 minutes for comparison. Like I have a video and that's what the time stamp said was 10 minutes of posing. It hurt, but they moved me around and like, I loved it. But, um, I, I think I moved around five times. They moved me five times during that 10 minutes. Man, man. And 10 minutes. So with, with a class of seven, they weren't doing call outs. You were all up there the whole time. Yes. It was just straight. Yep. Man. Oof. That's a long time to be up there. It, it was, but like I said, like, I'm, I mean, I, I love that I got moved around. It means they noticed me. So yeah. I, I looked at it as a positive. I wasn't upset about it. <laughs> so did you, did you practice your posing enough to where you felt conditioned enough? Like you could hang for 10 minutes. I mean, clearly that's probably longer than anybody wants to be up there, but you, you were, you're good with it. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't easy and I'm so glad that I do practice. Um, cause man, I'm sure everybody knows that competes when you're flexing hard up there. Um, and plus you're just a little nervous. You're like, this is like taxing. Like when I got done, um, obviously after prejudging, I went back to my Airbnb and I laid down with my feet up and then, um, I actually have it on right now, but I have this like massage thing. Um, and I put this on my leg and it felt so much better. Like my, my right leg is my, my trouble leg. So I put this thing on my it band. And, uh, when I went back for finals, I was it was back to normal, but yeah, it was, it hurt. <laughs> nice, nice, man. That's just, oh, 10 minutes. That's just a long time. That is just, hey, that, well, well, this can go for anybody, especially when you're doing those bigger shows. But again, that's why you got to practice your posing and, and build up that endurance, especially the breathing. Cause I see a lot of girls that let their gut go. And I mean, men do that too. Mm-hmm. But um, I think people often forget about that because, yeah, you got to flex the muscles, but you got to keep that core tight. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, was the uh, was Vancouver always on the agenda from the start of the season? You're always planning to do that third or sh- the third show? Um, I wouldn't say that Vancouver was on the list, but I when I went into this prep, I had a goal of three shows. Okay. I wanted to do three just because when I was looking at other pros and like just getting some ideas around, it just really seems like as a, as a new pro to get your face out there, three seemed like a good number. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, so I'm curious, let's talk a little bit about food, a little bit about diet and run some numbers (laughs) here. So, uh, with your coach, do you follow a meal plan or do you go macros? Meal plan. Okay. So we're not, and so do you then kind of reverse engineer that? So, you know, roughly what your macros are, or do you just kind of like to be dumb about it and keep your head in the sand? Okay. So in the off season, she, she's starting to do that now, but for the longest time, uh, we didn't, she didn't even ever send me calorie count and I just didn't care. Um, but starting at the end of prep, when we started implementing more of like a keto style, she started doing more of the macros. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, prep, um, like we got down down to um a thousand calories it was like a thousand and twelve you know what i mean like very low yeah uh and that was again with the two hours of cardio and a thousand calories yeah that's how we got that conditioned look yeah and and that's that's what i really want to kind of hammer home here for people is the idea that having uh 
a 1200 calorie or less diet and doing a shit ton of cardio or two shit tons of cardio, whatever it happens to be, is not necessarily a problem. It's not always the right solution for everybody, but sometimes it's necessary. Right. And on keto, everybody was like, Oh, I get carbs all prep. And I'm like, yeah, started in, started in March. I was on like keto. Yeah. Okay. So, so you did make it through, you know, back half of December, January, February, you kept some carbs in for that. Yeah. And I wasn't losing any weight. Oh, okay. So that yeah, was bad. And so for you keto, like what, I mean, you know, if you had to guess, I'm assuming it was what veg only. Yeah. So we did, um, you know, salmon and chicken thighs, uh, spinach and asparagus. Um, we use a lot of avocado and avocado oil and then whole eggs. And then we were okay, doing so almonds you, for a little- you weren't doing fake keto where it's all protein and veg and there weren't any fats in there either. Cause I see a lot of that. End of prep. Okay. And, and the, end so- of prep, we ended up switching out, you know, cause chicken breast isn't keto, but at the end we switched like Vancouver, we went back to white fish and chicken breast. So yeah, then that was just slight keto. That, that's why even like now, like I, I'm just on slight keto cause chicken breast. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so fats came down towards the end of prep too. So you're pretty much just like, you know, largely protein and veg and not a whole lot else. Yeah, no, it was pretty much just what you said. Yeah. You, yeah. Typical, just low, low carb, I guess. No carb. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no carb and reduced fats as well. Just like, okay, here it's uh, I mean, it's, it's almost like carnivore pretty much at that point. <laughs> Yeah. And I'll be honest, like I felt amazing. I feel, I know it don't sound like fun and I know that bodybuilding and keto don't mix, uh, but I, can. I felt amazing. My skin got better. I have so much energy. I don't know. Like I, I would have told you a year ago, keto stupid. And now I'm like, well, worked for me. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, sometimes you have to keep an open mind about it to try it. I typically, it's, it's an option of last resort for me if I'm working with somebody, uh, just because I think most people will fail with it. It's not that it won't work. It's that most people can't do it. Um, yeah. And if you keep an open mind about it, and the thing is also like the way that you approach bodybuilding generally, and just like the way that you throw yourself into it and the passion that you have for it, you're like... It's, I, I imagine, don't let me put words in your mouth. I imagine it's very easy for you to kind of keep an upbeat and positive mindset about whatever's going on. Yeah. Especially after I was seeing results, I'm like, see, like, yeah, you, you get to be like that, you know, my, my shit didn't look like fun, right? Like no one wants to see a bodybuilder eating no carbs. Like they want to see the fun stuff. And I'm like, what am I going to do? Sorry that when I'm not like everybody else, but I guess I don't want to be like everybody else either. So well, and being lean as hell is kind of fun too. So yeah, yeah, it was worth it. And even now, um, we are as I'm reversing. We we started with keto, and now she's just adding a little bit of carb just to see how I feel. We're doing wheat tortillas, so that's going to be low glycemic. So we're doing the wheat car- tortillas pre and post workout. And then um, we'll just keep adding like the low glycemic. So brown rice will probably eventually come in. Um, You know, we're just taking a really slow approach to bring in the carbs back. But um, we had already discussed that later on in this off season, you know, if we ever have to dial back and do a mini cut of any sort, we're going to just do keto. Just jump straight to it. Just cut cut to the front of the line and just get on with it. Yeah, it's just going to be utilized as a good tool for me because we we found that it worked for mm-hmm. cutting. 
So again, like if I need a mini cut in, in the next year, uh, we'll just implement something like that. Yeah. I mean, once you find the recipe that works, there's no reason not to um, go back to that as an option of first resort. Um, and of course, one thing that you've experienced before is that just because something worked before doesn't mean it's always going to work the same way the next time around too. Absolutely. And like, you know, I definitely have to have carbs to build muscle and, and you know what I mean? Like, you know, in the off season, um, that's why if we use it for a mini cut, it's just a, a little thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So knowing that you got down to 113 and that was the look where you were happy. I mean, you're laughing just hearing that number because it still sounds just fake, doesn't it? Yeah. I was like, ew. <laughs> I mean, the last time you weighed that much, you were probably like 14 or something. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It was yeah. definitely like early high school. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. So with that being the case, then are you looking at your off season now? Like 158 would be a problem. Yeah, but I definitely just looking at years previously, I know that 150 is where I'm comfortable. Anything over that, I would start to get a little fluffy. Like when I was 158, that was when I got back from the Olympia. Cause I was about to start um, my prep and, you know, it's like the Olympia, right? So I'm just going to go have fun with my friends. You know, I didn't eat like an asshole, but like I definitely had food plus the traveling and everything else. So when I did that one last uh, off-season check-in, that's why it landed at 158. So 150 is where I know I'm thick but comfortable. Okay. You know, I've had those check-ins with clients sometimes where I'm thinking like, okay, we're going to start prepping in a couple of weeks. And then I get that check-in. I'm like, nope, we're starting it today. <laughs> like we yeah. we, we got to make a move here. No, this is not good. I think that depending on the coach and the athlete, I definitely do recommend that if you are someone that just feels like you need like that one last like hurrah before you start prep, you know, like I did like Olympia was my vacation because that was the end of December. And I knew that when I came back, we were going to start prep and then it's Christmas and I didn't even care about Christmas. Like I had my fun in, at the Olympia. So that's just how I liked it. Cause then I go into prep and I'm like, you had your fun bitch. Like it's time to prep. That That's what I, I say all the time is like, you know, trying to come off a of vacation, like, especially if it's before a cut and people are like, Oh, I'm just going to ease back into it. I'm like, no, like why, why would you implement half measures at this point? Like, as you said, you had your fun. Now it's go time, flip the switch and make it a hard cut. Like forget that old crap. Um, Kind of like, you know, the whole idea of like when somebody first starts a plan and they're like, can I get a cheat meal? Like your whole life has been a cheat meal. You know, that, that thing. It's like, oh yeah. And I, I already went, like, I don't get many cheat meals ever, ever, even I in off. I kind of figured I don't get anything like maybe once a month. Um, and I've just already signed up for that. Like in my head mentally, I'm like, you only get one once a month. And then when it comes prep, prep means just go time. So to me, it's just how I, how I'm able to mentally get into that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so let's talk, uh, let's talk PEDs a little bit. You sure. said you're up for anything, so let's do it. Um, let's, do it. let's go back to off season. Um, okay. What, what, what the off season look like for you in terms of supplementation? Like, did you start off with like, I mean, were you trying to go like, I'm running as little as possible or you're like, fuck it, we've got to grow. Let's do it. Nope. Uh, and that, and the thing is, is I've always struggled with acne. So me and my coach already knew that we could not push it or try too much like we did for the pro card. Um, so I just stuck with generic HGH to I use daily, um, which is actually what I'm doing again now. So that's all I'm on right now. And um, so, yeah, that was last off season. And I think we did, we did uh, a 10 week cycle of T-Bowl 
Um, and I have some friends here in Pittsburgh that are females that also use the same T-Bowl. So I was just kind of going off of what they have and I got good results, but after a while it was just like, I started getting a little bit of chest acne. So that's when we cut it. Um, and I'm just not a fan of Anavar to be honest. So that's why we went the T-Bowl route. It's hard, it's hard to find real stuff. It is. It really is. Especially when you're acne prone, like I am, it's just like, it's just really annoying. Yeah. And I, I'm at the point uh, now where I don't even recommend Anavar for women anymore. Yeah. And like I said, unless you have, you know, for a fact, it's like a pharmacy grade or something. I just, I'm not a fan. And like I said, me and, you know, my other female friends are using T-Bowl and I'm just like, well, it's fine with them. And, uh, um, they love it. So I just was like, I'm, they don't like Anavar either. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all off season. So, yeah. We only did like a 10 week cycle of that. I think we did that two times and that was it. Cool. Pr- pretty, pretty easy peasy. And I mean, that's, that's like running over the course of a year. Yeah. I really, I mean, I was good with just generic GH and training and food. I ate And that's the thing I just, I rely on, on food. So, and that, that's what you should do because all of this stuff, whether it's over the counter or whether it's, it's gear, it's all under the umbrella of supplementation, meaning it's supplemental. It doesn't do anything yeah. for you if you're not doing all the other stuff. And if it's, if you are doing the other stuff, it'll bring those few extra percentage points, but it's not going to make up for anything that you're not already doing. Yeah, no, and I'm I, I'm pretty strict on my meal plan, and like my coach feeds me well. That's the other thing too. I might not get a lot of cheat meals, but my my food will eventually be at a very good place. It's just a lot of clean food mm-hmm. that I like. Um, so to me, that's probably why also I don't care about cheat meals because all of my meals are really good. My coach doesn't do protein powders. So like, I'm not doing like a shake for a meal. I get to eat food. Um, That's the way to do it, especially when your calories are low. Yeah. Like I just, I don't know. It just makes me more satiated. I don't have a lot of cravings because of that. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. And I mean, I would take, even if like, cause I feel like people do shakes when they're trying to like cut a carb or something in a meal. I'm not, I don't know, but I know for me, I'd be like, just give me a chicken salad then. Like why? with you know what i mean just lettuce and, and chicken but i don't and the thing is if you if you take your protein and you prep it well like you shouldn't need much else with that no like yeah and again i work from home so i can cook all my stuff fresh anyways it's not none of it it's not like i need a shake because i need it for convenience um i don't have a problem with meal prepping i'm pretty responsible with taking care of myself <laughs> <laughs> you kind of have to be at this level i think yeah. so yeah um, so, and you said the GH was generic, nothing fancy. And that was like the so, whole off season. Uh, believe me, I wish I could try pharmacy grade, but we all know how expensive that is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a pretty high barrier for entry there. Um, yeah. And so then prep starts, what changes? Uh, we took the GH out and, and which would have left me on nothing. So we eventually did one, we did a little bit of a cycle of T-ball um, and that was before, uh, that during that period in March, like, remember I said, I started keto in March. Mm-hmm. Um, so T-Bowl was like, like right before that. And then we thought maybe that's why I wasn't losing weight, cut it, nothing happened. And then we did the keto. So, uh, the T-Bowl was at the beginning. And then when we took that out, um, she didn't implement like the anti-estrogens until, uh, I think we started it. We started just a little bit at 10 weeks out eight weeks out is always like probably the goal to add everything else in. 
So at 10 weeks out, I think that's when we did, we started a little bit of clen and T3. And I think there was a little bit of Nolvadex at that point too. Mm -hmm. Um, But once we got to that eight week mark, we do Nolvadex, Arimadex, clen and T3 and Proviron. So then that was the cycle there. And it was at a pretty normal, like in past preps, it was the same, you know, and obviously they're all different there, but um, after the Pittsburgh show, I looked, it just didn't look as good. And my coach was like, I don't, we need to get you a new source. She was like, I don't think that those drugs are good. So, you know, and to me, you know how it goes. I'm like, oh, the person's really nice. And I'm yeah. like, okay, yeah, let's, um, I need to listen to my coach here. So uh, after Pittsburgh, I switched and it made a dramatic difference. So same stuff, different source. Yes. Same stuff, different source, way better results. I uh, started to look better. And like I said, I only had three weeks of that before Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, so then that's why it's good to talk about this because then Vancouver was like the final form after having it for way over a month. Cause you know, it don't, you just don't take that, that stuff and it, it works like that. Like it right. needs time. Um, yeah. We also upped the dosages at, after that too. So not only was it better, but we did up it, obviously the most I've ever done. Um, and then there was wind stroll as well. So um, I honestly, I had no side effects. I'll, I'll flat and say that right now, even though we upped it, no side effects. And we were mm-hmm. prepared for it. She's like, just so you know, we're going to go up and just know that, you know, let me know if you feel a certain way. Fine. So interesting that it was an all oral regimen. That's it. No, and I do take a, le- a liver support and a kidney support for that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so then is the goal in the off season, like, okay, clearly like we don't need that stuff as we're transitioning. So that all goes away. Give the, uh, give the liver a little bit of a break. Yep. We tapered off. We're smart with it. Uh, <clears throat> tapered off. I've been completely off for like two weeks now. And like I said, I started, did it, I started back on the GH right away and um, that's injectable obviously. And I'm, I'm not scared of needles at all. So like, to me, I don't care. And like, I know you just said that prep was all orals. If I do anything in my off season, um, other than T I'll probably do T ball again, but, um, I'm, I've gotten, uh, I have some Primo I'd like to use, which is an injectable. So, um, I'm, I have to get my blood work done first before we do any of that kind of stuff. Oh, it's like you're clairvoyant. You read my mind where we're going next. So (laughs) did you monitor that at all? Like, um, in the off season prior or at all during prep, or are you kind of saving it for upcoming here? Cause you want to, you want to have a chance for your, you know, adaptations from prep to really kind of undo themselves. If you want to get a good look at where you're at right now. Yeah. So I've always had blood work done, but this was my first prep where I got more of an extensive lab done mm-hmm. and it showed way more things that i wish i would have known sooner um like there were signs of pcos so that's probably also part of the um carb issue that i was having because white rice really like inflames me that we found but we didn't know right it was just like oh eat rice because that's bodybuilding and then keto is very common for pcos females so when i responded really well to it i'm like well my blood work shows there's signs of pcos symptoms um so now that i'm done with my prep uh again i'll get my uh bloods at the end of the month here and i would like to dive in a little deeper and see what's going on is is this like a true like pcos thing going on or like where's this stemming from i'm 
I'm seeing a lot more girls in our com- bodybuilding community talk about it. Um, so that's something I also have to dive into and look into. But yeah, I, I recommend for everybody, especially when you're an enhanced athlete, you should definitely do it before prep and after 100%. Yeah. Were, were those markers you were looking at, was that largely from the hormone panel, like your E2, progesterone, LH, FSH? Yeah. The free test was like on the higher side. Um, and the cortisol was pretty high. So there's a part, there's a PCOS, um, there's like four different types. And one of them is very like cortisol, like heavy, like obviously stress affects everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. But like when I get stressed out, it just like inflames me. And I guess a bodybuilder, you can't have that. So I did a lot of um, implementing like meditation and yoga this prep, and that really helped so much. And I know that sounds so wooey, but it, it uh, is. But I, especially if you're talking about something like adrenal PCOS, then yeah, I mean, so so much of that. I mean, everything in bodybuilding. I think people really underestimate how much of it starts from here. Yeah. Um, like it's yes, it is your your blood work, it is your diet, it is your training, but. If, if something's wrong up here, like with the way you mentally approach something, it's like, it's a megaphone for any other problems that you have. Exactly. And we all know how, how many people in our sport rely on caffeine. Um, you know what I mean? Stimulants that like, don't I don't know what you're stress. talking about. Hey, listen, I got my coffee right here. man. <laughs> <laughs> what you don't, what you don't see is the other one of these that's tapped into an IV vein in my calf right now. So. Well, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody has something, right. But again, with the whole stress thing, I think it's those little things that add up. And I know in prep, they, it gets higher as, as you go. And I actually did a really good job with keeping caffeine low in prep. It's now in my off season where I don't binge eat or anything. Like this is like the best off season, like, or refer some getting into, Mm -hmm. but like caffeine sure went up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's everybody, everybody has to pick their vice. Right. And so Mm -hmm. like for me, um, like I gave up cocaine last month. Um, kidding. Uh, right. Like I, I don't, I don't drink anymore. Um, I used to enjoy occasional drink and I just kind of gave that up. I did have like an ounce of champagne on Friday to celebrate a new song release that came out. So there's got, it's gotta be a good reason for it. Right. Um, yeah. I've kind of largely given up cheat meals at this point as well. Like it's just, right. I don't feel like I need it at this point. Uh, but it, caffeine is the mistress I will not break up with. I, I relate on, on that wholeheartedly with you. Like, especially here's the other thing I was just telling my friend this yes, uh, today because yesterday was her birthday and she was, like, oh, I went out to eat and it was like a hundred dollars or something. I'm like, see, honestly, that's why I don't even care about cheat meals anymore because that is so expensive to have someone else cook your food. No, yeah, it's a birthday dinner's different. But like when people are like, Don't you miss eating out or don't you want this? I'm like, I'm totally good with my my food here. I kind of agree. I I mean, I can't like if I if me from eight months ago would be beamed into the future and listen to the me from today talk about this, I'd probably punch myself in the face. Be like, who are you? This is insane. No, but it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good with it. Honestly, I just, uh, I, I'm part of it is making sure that your diet's constructed in such a way that it feels sustainable and it's satisfying. And again, going to the mental game, um, that you don't feel like you're a prisoner to it or a victim of it. Um, because you cannot win with that kind of a mindset. 
No, absolutely not. And I think that you, you have to grow into it too. Like I don't, I, I know what I used to do, you know, with the binge eating and stuff after shows, like, and I see girls do it now and I, I try to warn them and I try to say, I've been there. You don't want to do it, but sometimes you just have to let people do it so that they can learn like we did where you eventually get to that point where you're like, eh, like, I don't need to be that person. I don't need to like, you know, fetal position anymore on the floor, like a child, like you're an adult, you control what goes in your mouth. So cut the shit. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And you know, there, there's so many things in bodybuilding also where, um, you know, you can tell somebody something all day long, but until they do it themselves, like, you know, how to really fuck yourself up post show. And also like how important it is to practice posing when you're, you know, before you're one week out from the show and you get up there and they have no idea what they're doing. And they look at the photos from the show and they're like, Oh my God. I'm like, I told you. Yeah. And it's like, they've just yeah. got to make those mistakes themselves. Really do. And when I get first time competitors for posing, cause I do posing coaching. Um, I, I do tell the girls, like, if you're new to this, if you can afford it, do a second show. Cause you're going to find out at that first show, you're nervous as shit. And I'm, I'm so glad that I'm getting girls that want to pose with me as soon as possible. I'm, I'm not really getting too many last minute girls anymore, That's good. but I do tell them like, we can practice all day long and you will still get up there your first time and forget half of this. And that's okay. Like just, I'm telling, I'm like, do a second show if you can do it. Cause part of it is like, you know, I, I, we had, I had this conversation with my wife last night where, um, you know, I forget how it came up, but if there's that quote from Mike Tyson, you know, everybody has a, a plan until you get punched in the mouth and that first show yeah. is getting punched in the mouth. And oftentimes yeah. by the time you realize what's going on, you're off stage and the show's done. And yeah. so you need time to like shake it off and go and try it again. And a second show is your opportunity for that, especially while you're already oh, in shape. Great. And like going back to my prep with Pittsburgh, I knew that that was probably going to happen. I knew that I was going to get up there at my pro debut and I was going to be nervous as shit because you get more time as a pro, right? To, to pose on stage. And then on top of that, I'm next to like four Olympians. So, uh, and it's going to, it's going to be a bigger crowd probably because it's a pro show. Absolutely. And like, and plus, you know, my family came like, and they haven't seen me on stage in a long time. My coach was there, my friend, you know what I mean? And plus I know everybody in Pittsburgh. So it was just like, um, and, and I got last place. So it was just like, <laughs> cool. Yeah. Thanks everybody for coming. <laughs> Thanks for coming and watch, watching me do it, I guess. But I mean, it's like that, that first show, like, I, I feel like it's it's people doing their first show period. Like your first pro show is kind of like that as well. Like you don't go in expecting to win. You go in expecting to get your ass kicked, but do your best. Oh, absolutely. Like I said too, and like looking at the pitchers and where I've come, I look at Pittsburgh and I'm like, I don't regret that at all. Was that good for a pro debut? Absolutely not. But um and to be honest, um, as much as I'm so grateful that I was able to do the Pittsburgh Pro, I've never, even as an amateur doing, like they have an amateur show, never got to step on that stage. So I was really happy to to get up there. Um, like at the venue? Because I'm sure this is a venue you're you're familiar with being in your hometown. Yeah, I've, I've tanned the girls backstage. Like I, I know inside and out of that show. It's just that um, I'll be honest, I probably wouldn't want to, do it again. I don't think I want to do Pittsburgh again. Like, and, and I think people don't realize like it's cool to do all that in front of your friends and family when it's local, 
but I think it adds on pressure and it was my pro debut. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Better to do your, your pro debut in like Madagascar or something, maybe. Yeah. Go, go. And plus you meet people and it's different. And I don't know. I like me going to Canada. I had so much fun. <laughs> I just, uh, I'm a social butterfly. So I made, I made so many friends. It was awesome. Well, and that, that's cool. Like what I was saying about the social media thing before, like I didn't know you were doing Toronto until after you did it because Instagram <laughs> kept hiding your posts from me. And so I saw that. I'm like, Toronto, how fucking cool. What a good idea. Cause that's not a, a terribly long ways away from, from home for you, but it's far enough. You're across the border. It's a foreign country. It feels like a totally different spot. People are probably speaking French a bunch. So it feels like you're <laughs> in a fancier place just by default. Like, I mean, that's a cool experience. Yeah, and it, well, I actually got to go to Toronto um, last year to see the show. So, like, that was my vacation because uh, June June fourth, June my birthday is June third, so it was my birthday trip. So, and then I got to compete on my birthday, which is cool. Oh, nice! But um, but yeah, like I, I already was familiar with the venue because I went to watch it the year before, and then I got to do the show the next year. And like I said, it. I think I really did this prep uh, great for learning because the first show was local. Second one, I drove. Third one, I flew. And I learned about my body in all three situations. Yeah, because those are all three very different situations. Yes. Yeah. So when Vancouver's on the opposite side. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's not a short flight. <laughs> Lordy. Um, so this is the point now where um, in post-production, I'm going to do a little fancy editing here. And we're going to bring in some pictures on screen and overlay that. So we're going to do some pictures from your shows here. So we're going to pretend that we're looking at those right now. Um, yeah, here they are. See the magic <laughs> of editing. It's wonderful. Um, what kind of feedback did you get from these shows? Let's start with Pittsburgh. What do they tell you? Uh, just get leaner. Okay. That, that was, that's <laughs> like, okay, next. Which I knew, which I knew. Um, I did get feedback from Bill. He's actually one of my favorite judges. Uh, and um, yeah, Bill told me right to my face. He was like, you have the structure for figure. He just said, he's like, you're just going to have to put the time in to fill your frame and work on your lower body conditioning. That's what Bill said at Pittsburgh. So it's kind of nice to not be in that tweener category where people are saying like, well, maybe you should do wellness. It's like, no figure like pretty definitive. You just got to put the time in and and he was literally like you, but bigger. (laughs) (laughs) Just inflate yourself, please. (laughs) Yes. Keep what you have, but be bigger. And I was totally like, Cool, we can do that. That's bodybuilding. Yeah, yeah. So then, fast forward uh, three weeks to Toronto. Um, you come in at the same weight. Were you leaner though? I was leaner, um, and I had a different look because remember we added the new suppl- supplementation and had mm-hmm. a you know a little bit of in there. Um, we still kept the the low calories. I think I was twelve hundred at that point. Um, and then um, t- I had Tyler Mannion give me feedback right after after the show, mm-hmm. and he just said more lower body conditioning. So um, I'm de- I'm always going to be one of those females that just the lower body comes in last and just needed a little bit more time. Again, it was only three weeks with the new stuff, and we were amping up that cardio to two hours. I just needed more time for the lower body, so that's what we did. We had five weeks to just keep pushing. Yeah. So it was really just like conditioning and you didn't really get too much as far as like size, symmetry. It was more just like conditioning. Yeah. Just conditioning. I need to get more density, obviously. Um, I mean, I've really only been lifting seriously for like four years, maybe. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so you know what I mean? Like I, I have a lot of years to catch up on that. Maybe the, some of the younger girls coming in that have been doing this since they were like, some girls are like lifting at like 15 now. So like they, when they're like 20, they're getting into the sport and they look crazy already. Yeah. So for me, I'm 31. Um, and I had like half of my twenties was nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I just have to put the time in, build some more muscle and, um, yeah, that that's pretty much it. Just like get bigger, but I'm still figure. Just get bigger. So that and to be clear, like if you look at figure at the highest levels, I mean those women are pretty big. Like they're they they're not shying away from size. No, and I learned a lot. What shows prefer what size? So um, he, here's my question. Here's my question. So between Pittsburgh and Toronto, different judges. You're clearly like you came in a little bit leaner. It's not like you put on a lot of size in three weeks. In Pittsburgh, they said get bigger. In Toronto, it was just like get leaner, implying like no, your size is fine. Do you think that that is a? And I'm asking you to speculate a bit, a little bit here. Do you think that has more to do with a different judging panel? Or just who was at the show? Who was at the show? Pittsburgh had a lot of big time Olympians because they want to get in front of those were all like the Olympia judges, right? Because Pittsburgh's a big show for everybody because it's, you know, the Mannion's show. Mm -hmm. So it's got the big deal people. And I tell you what, be, that being my pro debut too, I was like, man, these girls are like cutthroat for Olympia. They, a lot of the girls were so serious. I'm sure they're not mean. But they just were so focused where like backstage wasn't really fun. Um, they just, I mean, these girls meant business at the Pittsburgh show. It was not Party City. No. And they were huge. <laughs> there were so many of my friends that were like, I thought that girl was physique. And they were like, I had no idea figure girls were that big. And I said, yeah. But then Toronto, they were much smaller. Interesting. Interesting. So, okay. Okay, cool. And then, so then fast forward five weeks, 12 pounds leaner, Jesus in Vancouver and feedback there was what? Um, so I didn't get any feedback from those judges. Cause I actually didn't know any of them. Uh, <laughs> I was like, who are these people? Which is like good. Cause it's West different. coast judges. Hmm. Yeah. Like I didn't know any of them. Um, Toronto I did. So I actually reached out to one at Toronto after Vancouver. I sent him pictures from Toronto and Vancouver and I said, Hey, I don't know. If, like I'm, you know, I just asked, I said, can you give me feedback? Cause Hey, you were at Toronto. Here's Vancouver. What do you see? And he, um, I actually have it here too, but he, he gave me such good detail too. It was a uh, Paul Lawson. He's mm -hmm. like on the bro chat with Fuad and um, he just said there was no glaring weaknesses. He just said that he just thinks that if I add more lats to match my, my shoulders, he was really impressed with the shoulders. So let's add a little bit more lat to like kind of balance those two things. And then he goes into telling me about adding density to my hamstrings so that um, I can get a little more of that like outer quad sweep coming out from the sides if the hamstrings are more defined and again, density. Um, and then on top of that, it was just a little more arm development too for the shoulders. I guess my shoulders are so like on my frame, pretty big that it's going to make some of the other things look smaller. Yeah. Um, so, and I, my last off season, we were heavily focused on quads. So you know how it is. Every off season's different. So now moving forward, we are going to work super hard on the hamstrings. Um, 
And then I'm working, I need to get more interior or yeah, the front delt. Cause I built my sides from doing so many lateral raises my last off season. It's where you got to start. <laughs> yes. And I got to move to the front. Um, we're still going to have a lot of quads and then lats. Yeah. Back to that. Man. Yeah. I'm, I'm at the point now in my off season where it's like, okay, we need a little bit more of everything. Yes. Like, okay, we can, we can ignore the strengths, which are nothing. And we'll focus on the weaknesses, which is everything. So, um, and I think in some, I, I'm kind of kidding, but also I think it's a healthy approach. If you just assume like, yeah, pretty much everything could stand to come up and it's just, wh- where do you need to spend more energy than in other places? And I would like to point out with that point of mindset too, I think that almost sounds overwhelming to probably most people, especially in the gym, they want to get like fancy with their exercises. And that's when you say you want to work on everything, that means like, don't focus on one little detail, just go in and lift and and grow it all. Like, don't be like, how do I grow this little muscle? How about you just grow the whole shoulder? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Don't, uh, don't try and get too cute. Um, I think there's, well, there, there's something to be said for novelty and programming in that uh, for somebody who is beginner or maybe beginner to intermediate, like they are the last people that need that stuff, but they're the people that can become the most engaged by doing it because they think it's fun. And so I like to plug in some stuff like that, like, foo-foo stupid ass exercises that are way more creative than they need to be just because it's fun for them and it gets them engaged in it and then as they as they get to a point where they start to get more and more advanced the training program becomes more basic because the basic shit is what works and they don't they don't need that shiny object to to get them excited about their workouts they can just be like okay cool a hack squat again for the 500th leg day in a row all right, cool. Let's see if I can do one more rep than I did last week. Absolutely. And, and, and get excited about that. Yeah. yeah. Get excited and hopefully you can get a spotter because I tell you what, there's a huge difference. Look at the pros. A lot of the pros have a personal trainer or a really good friend that's a spotter or something. All of them do for the most part. There might or be a couple that are by themselves, but they don't need anybody. Those are the people that didn't need anybody. Exactly. Yeah. It's like you either have a spotter or a partner or you're just a fucking badass. Um, because that's hard to do. Like I am a lone wolf. Like I, I do not want to work out with anybody else. Um, I would benefit from it. I know that I would benefit from it, but I don't want to. And so therefore I just have to be mentally tougher than I am by default on any given day. And I have to pick my spots where it's like, okay, nut up dipshit like this is the set that counts so put on your big boy pants and do it and don't puss out (laughs) yeah or if you're by yourself you need to be able to jump off and like do a back off or something you know what i mean but new people don't they're like oh i'm done i failed or i'm close to it i'm done i'm like no like i'm the kind of person where if i'm by myself and i feel like it wasn't enough i'll just cut it off or i'll just rep out a few more or whatever it takes yeah yeah that's the smart move so okay so i'm i'm excited to uh, in retrospect here i know that i'm gonna have to go back and pick out some pics from your show to put up there but that'll be cool so i think you know i think the screen is formatted in such a way i think i can get all your quarter turns up there at once so we'll see how that goes um i wanted to talk briefly before we wrap up about your posing stuff that you're doing as well so tell me a little bit about what you're doing there Yeah. So now that I'm in my off season, something that I've always been wanting to do is um, a posing clinic because I've now, I'm now at the point, you know, I got the pro debut out of the, out of the way I feel as a posing coach, I've already been doing it for a couple of years now, but now I really feel like 
okay, I know my shit. And um, I wanted to do a posing clinic because the crazy thing is, is I'm in Pittsburgh and we have the IFBB headquarters and we don't have anything for posing stuff. There's nothing and nothing and nothing happened this year. Nothing. Um, Last year, some other coach put something on and then the year prior, a different coach put something on. So there was at least something once a year, um, but then they, they never continued. Right. Um, So I'm like, I'm so tired of this. Like there was only one a year and now there's nothing. And even that was just like, whatever. Um, and, and I usually have to travel for some of the other posing ones. Like I really like the one that, uh, they have in Virginia and Ashburn every year, they have one that's huge. And like, well, mine's not going to be like that, but, um, I just don't, don't say that that's negative, negative mindset right I know. there. I'm trying though, because it is very overwhelming to do something by yourself, but I have a couple of local girls that are just like, we really need this. And I'm like, okay, well, someone kind of help me at least get this like started. Uh, my gym is like super into the idea and it also helps them get some business too. So um, yeah, I'm going to have a posing clinic. Yay. So I'm going to do that for the fall shows. I'm hoping I can squeak it in for a couple of the girls doing some of the last few shows of the year. And then I would love if it's a success, which I think it will be, I will do, make sure that one happens in the spring for like, obviously before Pittsburgh and stuff. Cool. Cool. So are you doing anything? So the clinic is there. Are you doing any kind of individual work with anybody? Is that something that you're thinking about doing as well? Or yeah, I've been doing posing coaching. I have a, uh, I have a few clients now and I do OCB and NPC for figure and bikini. And um, yeah, I've got uh, multiple clients that I see now and I do both in person and FaceTime. Cool. Cool. I think, I mean, it's, it's been long enough. I've, I've actually forgotten this, but you started in bikini, right? Yeah. Back in uh, my first show was 2016. I did a bikini show and that was just me dipping my toe in the water. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, 2017, I switched to NPC. So that was my first bikini NPC show. And then after that, I went right into figure. Okay. So two shows for bikini. So it's not totally foreign. You got, you got to dust off some of those moves, I imagine for yourself, but not totally foreign or anything. No. And I actually implement bikini poses in my pro individual routine, which is smart because if you just stick with like the static figure poses, it's just so lacking in dynamism. Like there's just a lot missing from it. And if you can put yourself into that character of bikini competitor, but with a figure physique, then I think that's a good fit. And most people can pull that off pretty well. Yeah. And I notice a lot of girls try to do more of like the, the lat spread stuff like physique, but mm-hmm. um, I know a lot of judges don't really like that. Like girls are going to do it anyways. I, it's so popular for the girls to do like the wonder woman pose, but I like to be different and do a bikini or wellness look. Plus it looks more sassy and I'm definitely a, a sassy kind of girl. So it's a little bit more playful than the lat spread, which is more powerful where I'm more of like a, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, no, I, I, my <laughs> cool, cool, cool. And so, um, do you don't have a date set for that fall, um, clinic yet? Oh yes. It's going to be October 1st, October 1st in Pittsburgh. And what's the venue? It's at life force fitness center. All right, cool. Mark your calendars, everybody. Yes. Come out to Pittsburgh. It's a fun time. And, uh, 
uh, obviously it's just going to be me and a couple girls, but um, I'm actually, I have somebody who's interested in coming in now to do wellness. So I haven't updated my poster yet, but we are going to get someone to do wellness as well. Nice. Nice. All right, cool. Um, you have anything else you want to toss out for the audience today? Listen, I got a, I do off season vlogs. Well, I did prep too. If anybody wants to follow the prep that I had. So my YouTube is just, page Sabidra, uh, but I do have vlogs and other content on my YouTube channel. I'm heavily on Instagram. I'm always posting stuff. I don't shut up. So come have a look. <laughs> and like I said, I'm, I do posing coaching. So I also do that. Um, and I just want to give a huge thank you to my coach, Cami Leal. I've been with her for five years. So my coach means the world to me and she's done so much and uh yeah like we just have a good thing going here so there's something to be said for continuity right oh yes it's consistent you don't fix what's not broken and like i know so many people too that are always like you know don't you want like a coach that works with other pros don't you want to like learn from someone else um and I'm like, no, like I have a good communication with my coach. She knows my body. We've been doing this for five years. She comes to my shows. She like, we just have some, something really good going here. And I just feel like I don't need to move. There's nothing to move on to. And I don't think you need to have a big fancy coach. I think it's plus, like I said, like I'm like her, I'm, a, I'm her only pro. So I'm like, why would I, I get so much attention. What do you, why would I want to go to with some big team? Where I'm like, I could be in a on a, in a pro show and have to be against like three other girls with the same coach. Like, I'm all right. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, there's something to be said also for just having some a, a coach that you vibe with, um, and like you have a good rapport with. Uh, I think that matters a lot, and somebody that kind of inspires you to want to do your best work. You're always doing it for yourself, but if you've got that kind of a relationship with your coach, where you know, kind of like giving them what they expect to see makes you push three or 4% harder. Like that counts for a lot. Oh, and also um, you should also look at people that were with their coach as an amateur turned pro and still are with them and still have the success. Cause it's not like I went to my coach as a pro, my coach turned me pro and then went further to our pro days. That that's a good point. And I also say when you're looking for a coach, um, look at uh, their clients, but differentiate between clients that they work with online versus in person because most coaches do both. And oftentimes there's a huge gap in results between those two categories of people because they're really set up to train in person. But when it comes to working online with somebody, they just don't have the systems in place, they don't have the communication in place, and it's just the it's not there. Yeah, my coach is like you. She's just at home and only does online. Hermit for life. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Except she's not like me because she went to your show and I'm assuming she does not live uh, in Pittsburgh. No, no, no. She's in Louisiana right now. <laughs> See, that that's a big trick. So I was at the Knox Classic this last weekend, um, which I never go to shows because I'm not a social creature. I, I listen to your podcast. I like the uh, Facebook messenger rant. <laughs> oh man. Jeez, don't get me started on that crap. But like I went to the show and I had, you know, Kurt and Randy, my two clients who were at the show, like Randy flew in from Washington state to do this show. And Kurt oh. drove, drove from Nashville, father and son. Um, okay. They wanted to do the same show. And they're like, Hey, let's do it in Knoxville. Cause that's where Darren is. And he can come to the show. And my initial reaction was, Oh man, that means I'm going to have to go to that show. Oh, 
shit. <laughs> but, yeah. So that, that's like my internal monologue that I don't say out loud, but I just said it out loud here. But like, it was a good experience. I liked it. I do not like hanging out in crowds, but it was great to actually meet a couple of guys that I've been working with. And I helped them prep for a show together back in 2016 as well. And then they disappeared for six and a half years. And then we came back and did it all again, but local to me this time. So that was cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I got nothing else. So I'm going to, um, we're going to wrap this up. We talk but all day. I, I am going to we'll do another one sometime. Yeah, we are. I'm going to keep you online after I say goodbye to everybody else. And we're going to do the secret handshake thing off the air. So for right now, I will say thank you. Stick around. But to everybody else, this has been episode, I think, oh my God, I think 229. So thank you, Paige. 666. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Don't, don't don't curse it. Don't curse it. Okay, so uh, we'll be <laughs> offline. I'll be back at some point. Uh, there's going to be more interviews coming. I'm lining them up. I'm trying to at the very least. So be patient with me. 